Let's peel back the cinematic curtain and dive into the creative nexus of gaming and film. We'll uncover the secret recipe where pixels meet passion, where interactive worlds morph into stunning visual narratives, and uncover the truth behind your favorite movie magic. Join us now in episode 2322, when your hosts Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG pros, will tackle the interesting and provocative question, how are game engines used for movie VFX on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's great to see you again. And if you're new to our podcast, it's great to have you here. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Bill and I will be providing another answer to a great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com, this time by Yuki from Tokyo, Japan. And Yuki asks, how are game engines used for movie VFX? I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience, and currently a principal animator for a video game company in San Diego. And we're grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. We sure are. I'm Bill Johnston, and I'm also a veteran in the gaming world, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for 20-plus years. Uh, Once I got to 20, I stopped counting. Uh, But by the end of our discussion today, uh, we're hoping you'll gain some insight and some understanding of the significance of real-time game engines in the movie and visual effects industry. Uh, We're going to highlight some of the uh, trends that are uh, that are coming about uh, integrating game engines with the VFX uh, and uh, how how they interface in pipelines and how they how they uh, interplay with various aspects of of uh, video creation. So um, let's go ahead and get started, Sean, and uh, talk about some of these incredible possibilities that uh, the game engines are are vowing to us. That sounds uh, these good. Days. Yeah. Um, well, VFX. I'm not going to assume that you know what that means, uh, listening to this right now. But just to, to to reiterate what what it is, visual effects is basically just a process in which CGI imagery is created inside the computer, and then that that footage or uh, images of those things are are basically integrated into live action footage uh, that you would see, and and uh, to create a realistic uh, scene or or um, you know uh, movie. So you can have both seamlessly integrated together, and that's basically what VFX is, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's definitely it's stuff that it's it's. I I might even add that it's uh, it's anything that's generated digitally uh, that augments anything that's you know. I, I mean, we've seen you know entire movies made out of CG and and how effects are integrated there, but. Um, you know, VFX can, are, are just, you know, overlaid with real live action uh, uh, as well. So I, I would just say, yeah, the VFX is, is probably digitally created and, and not shot in the camera, uh, which would be special effects. Anything that's actually, you know, shot while you're shooting the camera uh, that, that's encompassed in the scene is would be a special effect. And VFX is typically digitally created on the computer. Yes. And I just I was just being a little short with my definition. But uh, yes, thank you for that. And so a, a lot of that uh, real-time uh, using game engines are now uh, obviously real, real-time. Uh, you're seeing a lot of that uh, now, and they're using it for real-time rendering as well as pre-visualization. Um, some of the real-time rendering basically refers to the process of just generating and displaying computer uh, CGI graphics in real-time. So that's what that basically means. So involves just creating that high visual content and um, either images or animations and rendering them quickly enough to uh, provide an interactive or responsive uh, experience to the viewer and the director or people working on the film, including actors. 
Um, so we, we'll have some examples of that uh, later on. We'll be showing that. But did you want to talk any more about that? Because I, I really want to jump into just showing some stuff that I didn't even know um, from the original uh, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars Rogue One, some of the stuff that was done there using real-time game engines in the actual film. Did you want to uh, add uh, You know, I, I, I would just say that... Uh, you know, with the with the technology really, I mean, just increasing. I mean, the 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 level, uh, the sophistication, and and the, the 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 capabilities of of new technology is really really what's pushing this revolution uh, in cinematic storytelling. And game engines are, have become a huge part of that because they're powerful tools. And as you said, they're 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 special. They specialize in real time, and it's not just not just real time, but it's real time at photorealistic quality. That's I think those are the two key things that go together. I mean, they're just those two put when you put those two together, it's it revol it, it it's a revolution in uh, in the way movies and, and cinematic uh, sequences are created these days. Um, so, right. so, yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, a lot of traditional uh, VFX workflows are, are, are typically rendered. Uh, rendering happens uh, by the computer, and that's off. Basically, not in real time. It's offline. It's and so it takes a lot of scenes uh, that, that take a lot of time to render. Um, some can take you know even days. I mean, new, normally they're they're super time consuming. So hours to days to produce that final output. So a lot of that is a uh, is now. In, in the past, it seems, because a lot of it, and it's getting faster and faster, the computers are, are getting faster and faster and able to generate, you know, these, these like you said, realistic visuals in real time or near real time. And so a lot of that rele relevance is, is the, the fact that by doing that, you can, you can iterate um, your design. So that real time allows uh, the VFX artist to iterate quickly and experiment with different uh, visual elements, such as lighting and textures and camera angles and things like that. Um, and so they can instantly see those results and make those adjustments on the fly. And so that's one of the power, powerful things about the real-time graphics engines now for game engines being used um, to help in the film uh, development process. Um, I, I know I was going to say, I wanted to show you quickly. Again, this, is, this was from Rogue... Well, let me show you the original. So this, this was a while back. They did a, the ILM did a test using... Um, models and try to use one of the game engines just to just to do a test to see how realistic they could get it at the time. I don't know which version of this must have been an early version of of me either three or four uh, Unreal Four probably Unreal Four um, from what I understand. And this this was presented and it, it actually looks really really good. Um, and then they they did another test where they actually had the the X-wing fighter. Um, uh, and, and this, these two scenes, you see one at the top, which is the software render, which took days and days to do. And then you had the real time, basically the, the game ranger in, in, engine below it. And so you can see a little bit of differences right now. It's kind of pixelated because I don't have it in the highest definition, but you can go and look at GDC's uh, talk on this and you can see how well it did and impressed them so much that ILM actually used um, the game engine to render one of the scenes here that you see uh, in Rogue One, now I'll show you which scene here is okay. So there it is. There's the there's the render right there when he's when that robot is walking, um, in that scene right there. So you see the ADG render, that's the um, the uh, the ILM groups uh, that was using that uh, for that particular sh shot there. It, it, I was super super impressed super impressed with that that uh, they were able to do that. Um, so 
Uh, yes, and the nice thing about about the real time is, as you said, I mean, it used to be so time consuming to render these things out, and then you have to composite them and 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 tweak on them, and and not only that, but this a lot of the VFX had to be simulated, and that that's that's re- resource heavy as well. And the, some of the game engines, at least some of the new technology they're putting into these uh, uh, CPUs that are running these game engines, uh, are able to do a lot of that simulation in real time as well, which is stunning to me. Uh, I mean, it's not 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 some of the you know you can't sh- can't have a million pieces bouncing around, but at the same time you can run uh, you know cloth simulations and you can run uh, other effect simulations uh, at, at a at near or or real time these days. I, I hate I, I used to say near real time, but these days it's actually real time and it's it's pretty impressive. Um, and you said as you said it, it helps the you know it, I mean, what you see is what you get really. I mean you, it, with with the the way we used to do it. Uh, you know, you wouldn't know what you get you, you had until the end of the render, and then you composited those layers together, and then you can kind of look at it and say, okay, this is what I got. No, this isn't right, and go back and you know tweak it and try to come up with with uh, what you you know the, the look that you're after, uh, which makes it like you said hard to hard to art direct. Uh, you know, it's it's just really you know it's based on on how many revisions you can make, and that's that that has a lot big effect on your production cycle and how long it takes you to do these things. So. You know, having these game engines uh, create some of these uh, effects in real t- uh, with the real-time rendering and simulation, that that's saving months and months of production cycles. I mean, it's 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 allowing you know more creativity to come through on the director's part. And it's I think it's actually making making the creating of those effects even more intuitive as well because you're you're not waiting for the darn thing to render. That 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 was that was a quite a, a thing uh, in the old days. <laughs> yes, and it wasn't just right out of the box. They weren't just, they had, they actually had, and, and that is the, the droid, the K2, uh, 2SO uh, in, in the film, and they did use uh, UE4 for that. And so that, that, that was made possible by, basically they modified UE4 source, source code. And um, so that's, that's pretty amazing, the, this, this potential, basically disrupt the potential of that engine in filmmaking and VFX. So, um, I think you're going to see that a lot more uh, in 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 movie production now because it's it's getting to the point where it's it's that good. Yes, and the and the ability to iterate rapidly and how the directors put their provide their input and change you know camera angles. You can change lighting setups. You can you can even swap out effects uh, all all in real time. It's really really nice. And and one of the new technologies that you know people will say, well, how how can how can game engines, you know, do simulation in real time? Uh, here's an example of, of some of that using some advanced technology. This is uh, some some tools by Nvidia, and it's called Nano VDB, and it's it it, it creates volumized real time effects through their you know through their uh, specialized hardware, I should say. Uh, but it's quite amazing. I mean, you can actually see they're reacting to the things the the, the, the elements around them as a crafts fly through you can actually see they're affected that's that's a significant uh savings and and in production and and it looks great too it's just incredible the (laughs) it's just one of the great met tools that are out there today uh yes for for creating that yes and if if enhanced efficiency so the real-time rendering reduces like you said the time required for rendering enables faster turnaround time for vfx shots uh, allows for rapid prototyping and testing of those various visual effects techniques, um, so it's it's facilitating more streamlined uh, and efficient uh, production pipeline. So that that saves a ton of money, and so that's what uh, that's what the uh, one of the most important things are. Um, and and then of course I don't know if we talked about uh, virtual production, and uh, we can get into that a little bit too as well. Um, but 
But go ahead. Uh, I know you wanted to show something else, right? You had a couple other things lined up. Well, I was just—I mean, I've got a few, a few things. I just wanted to quickly, you know, be, just talk about previs. And uh, uh, in case you don't know what previs is, the American Society of Cinematographers defined previs as quote the collaborative process that generates preliminary versions of shots or sequences, predominantly using 3D animation tools and virtual environments. And that, I'll tell you what. When you said it's a time a money saver, it's really what it boils down to is it's a time saver, and time is money. I mean, when you can get these things done in real time, uh, just it just saves so much time, and that mm-hmm. is where I think a lot of that production uh, savings comes from. And and as you mentioned, you know they're using uh, you know these these uh, digital backgrounds generated from a game engine to actually generate the backdrops for a lot of the things that we see. And you know it looks so real because they they actually do camera camera tracking of the of the camera. And so when the when the camera moves around, you're getting the right parallax. Uh, you know it's being the camera is being tracked and the background is being updated in real time to adjust so you know it looks it looks real and uh, the and the fidelity as well is is incredible and that's why they're they're able to do this so successfully and this is another reason why you know this saves in compositing this saves i mean and the actors can see the environments that they're in so it's not like you know they're looking up at the you know the character who's actually two feet taller than than they they uh, planned for and so you you know there's a lot of you know mismatches that go on in in traditional uh, rendering but with this game stuff what you see is what you get and that's what i love about it we've always sean wanted to 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 you know operate that way because it's it's so it's so hard as a cg artist to go in and not know what it looks like until you know it's composited by the compositor that that's so it's it's just not an efficient way to work and 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 game engines allow for that for high levels of efficiency in the production. Uh, yes, I, I, 100%. It, it, it empowers those artists and, and VFX artists and directors to get that immediate visual feedback. Uh, like we said, allowing them to iterate and experiment and make informed decisions throughout the entire production process and ultimately enhancing the quality and creativity of the, the movie VFX. Here's an example of, 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 a, of an example that uh, they used. We've actually had this in one of the other podcasts where they had a The Mill had this uh, Chevrolet and they used Unreal Engine for, uh, and this is behind the scenes for um, uh, revolutionary technology using um, real-time short film and AR presentation called the human race. And they're using their specialized vehicle here. And you could go to this kiosk and you can in real time change the color of your vehicle. And you can see how they've got this, this Mustang here. And you showed this a long time ago, uh, one of our few, or earlier podcasts. But this kind of gives you an idea of, of the production, how fast they can do it. It was in real time, um, after the fact, after they shot it, obviously with the with the um, with the real cameras. But then they brought it into Unreal, and you can switch the color of the vehicle, the lighting, everything, right on the fly. It's, a, it, it's that, amazing. That was Project Black, Project Blackbird, I think, wasn't it? Yes, Something it was. Like that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the other thing that's really cool about Previs, and here, here's, a, here's some uh, Previs work by uh, Rodeo uh, Studio, and they uh, they use Previs to, to help you know everyone visualize the shots before they actually shoot you know create them in, in CG because that and that that's another use of if you can't actually use the game engines the rendering out of the game engines you can still use them to do the Previs work, which is which is uh, pretty powerful as well, and that's another huge time saver. Uh, because everybody, you know, it gets everybody on the same page. You know, get the the VFX supervisor. It's really hard to to convey 
you know, what you want as far as VFX goes or even the, the you know, shots in general. So when you can get the directors and the writers and producers and VFX supervisors all on the same page, it, 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 it really helps get everyone, you know, gets their buy-in uh, and, and, and everybody knows what to do in the production schedule. Yes, and then, of course, uh, here's another example of a uh, game engine used in a music video. Uh, this one is uh, about a post-apocalyptic. Uh, uh, Jason Wang actually did a music video, and this is it's a, he wanted a uh, post-apocalyptic uh, cityscape, and there's some bunch of uh, aerobatic uh, fight scenes and fire-breathing powers, and so this 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 is using that same screen in the back, the LED screen uh, that we've talked about, um, and the walls, basically LED walls, and. You, you're seeing these, uh, and, and they have these extensions to their to their um, their uh, sets that you wouldn't be able to. There's no way you could do that. You couldn't. You wouldn't have the. You couldn't build these things. And they actually, this particular scene here was built very very quickly. I think they used a, a bunch of assets that uh, were on the Unity or uh, Unreal Store, and they were able to move this the back of the city and um, into different different shots. So if you wanted to kind of move it, you instead of having to move everything, uh, you, this is virtual, right? So you're moving the entire thing in virtual, in virtual space, and it looks and it lines up perfectly for your shot because you want him to be lined up with the building that's burning or something in the background or some type of, um, you know, per, point of interest or something that you see. So it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool that uh, you can do that. And it's very quickly because they, the actors themselves can see what's going on and they can that they can interact with the environment as if it's really there as opposed to a green screen. Yeah, that's really important, especially because of cost, you know, the cost of it all. I mean, you can just imagine that having crews of CG artists working on all, all those assets. I mean, you still have to have the assets, but to actually see them rendered in real time uh, makes it makes it so much more uh, intuitive, I think, for, for the actors as well. Uh, and, and it just saves, it's hard to, to, to Talk about how how much the I mean even the even the, the the rendering Sean just just the rendering of shaders that, and how fast they are uh, just take a quick look at this this is a, a just an example of the real time rendering this is a, a, a some from from uh, uh, Unreal Engine five and look at the paint on here this is a multi layered flaked paint that is actually responding to the light exact as it would in real life I mean and this is in real time this is such a complex computation and. I, it's hard to believe that it's actually working, to be honest with you. But that just shows you how far technology has come, and you know you can add dirt and, and different decals. It's just it's just an insane the, the capabilities today, and it's just it's just getting faster and faster. So I'm I'm excited to see what's what's coming down the road. I mean we're gonna we're gonna see movies generated in real time, but text to movies is what's coming. Well, that's a whole other podcast. Well, yes, and, and and you're you're talking about something that looks like a live action film. Um, they're already doing it with with animated uh, films. So you're, I, I'll show you an example of that in a minute. But going back to uh, the music video, there's also in t they're using it uh, Unreal in, in in live TV production. You're seeing a lot of that in, in WrestleMania and Super Bowl, where they've got uh, you know the 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 um, the ground opens up and then there's Tom Brady. He flies up and he's on there and his stats come up and everything else. You're using a lot of that. You're seeing is using Unreal Engine in a live um, experiential setting, and and in fact, you're actually seeing it sometimes when the the moderators or the or the the, the commentators are actually speaking on their set, and they've got an Unreal uh, engine going on, and, and they've got something going on where they're talking about it, and all of a sudden it, uh, they're interacting with it, or it seems like they're interacting with it. But that's 
that's the power of the real-time graphics engines and uh, the gaming engines that they're using. Yes, and that, that's what you're talking about, a seamless integration. And that, mm. that's, that's always been a real a, a challenge for any, any kind of you know, movie, making movies is to have it seem real and to have it integrate, integrate seamlessly when you have the, the actors and you have the CG backgrounds and then you have CG characters in the foreground and trying to, trying to put everything, and then you got VFX on top of that. Um, this is uh, from uh, a, set of, I mean, a set of tools that's uh, created by NVIDIA. It's called Omniverse, and this kind of just shows you, and this is all real-time, real-time lighting, real-time effects, real-time uh, sh shaders, and uh, real-time physics. And that, that's, that's uh, you know, quite, quite a, a step ahead, is when you can actually be calculating physics and you know, not just light physics, but, but uh, you know, object physics in real time. It's 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 so such a powerful technology that it's really gaming engines are gonna are really gonna be the way. I mean, they're moving that way anyway. And we've we've done podcasts on this in the past. So if you you know want to catch up on some of those, uh, please do so. But you know, this real time rendering technology uh, integrated with physics and, and and which allows the simulations. That's that's the new that's the wave of the future. Um, that's how movies are going to be made. It's with game engines. I agree. I agree. And using using the mega scans or, or the the environmental uh, rocks and and trees and ground and things like that, taking from realistic real you know scans of the environment, and that's why they look so real. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I believe they used. Um, in fact, we say we say um, Unreal all the time, and yes, because because it's easy to use and it's it's um, and it's just unbelievably beautiful but the unity has also been been used in uh, to help uh, real-time rendered scenes as well and that the uh, guardians of the galaxy volume 2 actually used unity to create real-time rendered scenes for um, some of the film's visual effects so uh, that that's i just wanted to make sure that we did mention the other game engines as well uh here's another example of of some of the cool things before i go into the um uh well, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to go to this one instead. So you said um, short films. So the, one of the um, uh, producers or directors of The Lion King um, was uh, asked to do a, wanted to actually do a, an animated short film using UE5. And uh, he's an Academy Award winner. And so he was working on this particular one called, um, I think it's called Brave Creatures. I'm just going to show you just kind of a little bit of a, it's a seven-minute film short film that he made with it. And what was really kind of cool about that is he could get, he used actually AR goggles. And I think I have them on here where he shows where he's wearing those and he's adjusting the, the, the shot on the, on the, on the fly. And so he's looking what, what does it look like to be on the ground um, with one of these small um, uh, characters that are, and what does it feel like to be that small at the, basically a grass height? And um, it, it's really, really cool. I don't know. You, have you seen the, the movie, Bill? It's really, really cool. It's, no, it's it looks cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, it, I was super, super impressed with it. But it, like you said, they're using um, MetaHuman, and the characters look, I mean, gosh, look how good that looks. <laughs> that's just beautiful, right? Oh, oh it looks pre, it looks pre rendered, and that's 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 the power of of the the, the tools today. It's 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 Hollywood quality. Uh, output, if you will, from the game engine in real time. And that that's the game changer right now. And I, I just want to make a quick mention as well that, you know, game engines don't just produce uh, the end result. I mean, you can actually uh, 
export. You know, do, you can in any kind of you can export file sequences. You can export motion files. You can you can basically whatever you want to use in, in your compositing program. The the game engines can actually help output those in whatever file format you want. Um, and that's what makes them a great tool as well, because if you, you want to be combining the different elements, it, it's always nice to have compatible files. Uh, and the other, the other thing is um, you can do a, a huge you know, amount of post-processing in-game. I'm talking about like uh, depth of field and color grading and adding motion blur and light blooms and uh, chromatic aberration and all that stuff. That's all, all done while you while you watch it, while you wait, I mean, you're not even waiting. It's just instantaneous. I mean, it's it's real time stuff. Where those all those things, if you wanted to add motion blur, you'd have to, you know, a lot. Of, well, the way we used to do it, you'd actually have to render it into the into the file, into the actual image. And it, if you wanted to change the amount of motion blur or change the depth of field or whatever, you'd actually have to re-render the whole thing. None of that. That's none right. of that with game sequences. And it and it it just looks. The quality of it is just unsurpassed, uh, and it's, it's so exciting to, to see these kind of things coming out. Oh, I agree 100. This this particular uh, shot, real quick, uh, before we go, is uh, from Plastic Wax Studios, um, working with uh, Universal to make um, u- making Universal monsters in real time uh, using uh, Unreal Four, and basically they they embarked on this this mission with ambitious goals within a tight de- deadline. And the number of characters that uh, that they had on the set was was massive, making it a, a huge challenge for them. But they, it was incredible uh, how they were able to achieve it all within such a rapid timeline. Um, something that, that would take months or even years to see at the very final results in the theater, but you get that immediate, instant feedback. Um, so a lot of the artists were just so impressed with how you could just you could augment the uh, what some of the characters' faces just using your the normal. Uh, metahumans and just adjusting them and uh, compositing on top of them and, and making it unique. So really, really amazing stuff. Yes, I agree. And that they, uh, I'd just like to say, lastly, um, you know, it, it's 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 really nice that you can combine, uh, you know, these game engines or actually use them to create, you know, Hollywood movies. I mean, you just use them as the as the tool. But having having being able to to uh, see see everything uh, you know while you while you're making it. That's such that's such a change in the industry. It's such a a, a, a game changer in in the way these things are being made, um, and it's still evolving. Um, you yeah. know these game exactly, and I think uh, I think we're gonna see some some just amazing stuff uh, coming up that I'm not even gonna. It's hard to I mean AR applications and VR applications. I mean what's cool is you can export some of these things into a VR experience, and you, since they're 3D worlds already, mm-hmm. you've already you know you you've you, it's it's custom made for those kind of things. Yes, and, and just in conclusion, so by leveraging these game engines for um, dynamic simulations and VFX, uh, VFX artists, VFX artists are, can bring those creative visions to life in ways that were basically previously unimaginable. And so the combination of realistic simulations, those interactive control, seamless integration, um, will help. Uh, will be an invaluable tool. These game engines uh, for pushing the boundaries of visual effects and movies going to the future, like we've said. Well, we want to uh, thank you for being part of our podcast today. We really had a great time answering Yuki's question, how are game engines used for movie VFX? We hope you enjoyed our discussion and that you learned something you didn't know. Um, and uh, we, we believe it's imperative you learn at least one new thing every week, whether you need to or not. And if you did, do us a, a, a big favor, actually, and, and share it around with some of your friends because word of mouth is the best kind of advertising. Also, be sure to subscribe. Hit that like button, too, because it helps YouTube's algorithm find other people. 
like you who are interested in the uh, AI, CGI, VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Insider podcast. Uh, Sean and I are always striving to make our podcast better as well. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that you're finding them interesting and useful to you. And, and uh, we need your input to, to do that. So, you know, please leave us a comment below. And if you do, uh, you know, we might uh, read it during one of our future podcasts and mention you by name. And uh, we do one of these podcasts every week. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, we talk about all sorts of things uh, having to do with the world of computer graphics and CG animation, digital VFX and other cool related topics. Um, and you can also find all uh, versions of uh, our podcast and all the audio uh, podcast platforms as well. And uh, if you haven't already, please uh, check out the CG Bros YouTube channel. Uh, it's your front row seat for some really amazing CGI short films uh, created by uh, talented media, new media producers and VFX studios. Uh, and uh, we, we can't wait to see you here for next week's podcast. By the uh, way, we yep. do these podcasts just for you. So if you got a subject you'd like us to discuss... Let us know about it by going over to our website, thecgbells.com, go to the About Us tab, and click on the Ask Us Anything drop-down, just like Yuki did. We can't wait to see you here for next week's podcast. We'll be answering another great fan question. Can CGI be used to create holograms? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. We're going to tell you all about it. <laughs> okay. See you next week. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are game engines used for movie VFX? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd sure like to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notifications when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, can CGI be used to create holograms? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2322 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.